You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Yo, that's the that's the comment you start with. <laughs> that's where we're gonna start today. We want to hump. It is hump day. What is going on, everybody? It's your boy Jay Smith, the King, with with my partner in crime, my brother Joe Miller, joining us all the way from Tennessee. What's going on, man? Dude, I am in uh, BFE Tennessee. Like we we've always heard the comment, like you know, I'm, I'm hanging out in BFE, and there's songs the word BFE. Like, bro, I'm like an hour and a half away from any major city. I'm 30 minutes away from any town in the middle of absolutely nowhere, Belvedere, Tennessee, where my mom lives, uh, celebrating Thanksgiving, obviously, tomorrow. And uh, the Internet here is so strong that I have to do it from the car. And I can't. I have no control. Like, you know me. Like, I've got to have control of everything. And I have, like, I'm, I'm a slave to the system right now. And, and we're just at this point hoping that the, the my phone signal stays strong enough for me to stay on this call with you. But, uh, yeah, it's hump day. So, everybody, uh, hump that like. Welcome. Going to hump that like, like, like Joe just said, everybody, we go. Um, so we're just, just giving you fair notice. This may or may not be an abbreviated show. We're going to try to go for the hour, <laughs> but like Joe just mentioned, we're a day where, you know, it's, it's Thanksgiving Eve and uh, Joe is in Tennessee with his family. You know, I just ate actually, this is the first time in a long time I ate before the show. Normally it's after. So I'm, uh, you know, I got a little bit of that, that, that after food tired thing going on. So we might, we might abbreviate this one tonight. So let's get right into it, Joe. Uh, <laughs> Sunday, the bills took an L man. And uh, you had some strong mm. feelings on your show. Then I had some strong feelings on my show. So now it's hump day. So we got, it's, it's the time to get over it and move forward to the next game. Your last reflection, where are you at right now? I, you know, I, I think, and I don't want to spoil what we're going to talk about going forward as far as in the rest of this, this show, but I mean, I don't, I don't know where I'm at on it. Like I'm, it left a bad taste in my mouth, like, like for real, just left a bad taste in my mouth. I mean, it was, you could, you could clearly say like, you could say what Fina said, you know, Fina said that this game should have been a shootout. Um, but I, I think for me, I think what, what I felt best about was like, I came into Sunday night for my, for the overreaction post game show. And I was not happy. I was, I was pretty hot and pretty upset and pretty embarrassed. And I just kind of threw it through caution to the wind. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to throw it all out there. 
Um, and I'm going to tell everybody how I feel as you, as you know, my show, even though it's called the overreaction podcast, overreaction post game show, I don't overreact a whole lot. It's kind of a play on words. And, uh, I threw some, I threw some takes into the, into the stratosphere, into the, into the web space that I was pleased that were backed up by a lot of the people that kind of share content creation, whether it's you or, you know, uh, Sal Capaccio, like a lot of the stuff, Joe Marino, a lot of the stuff that I said was very much kind of like it was, it was carried that, that, that same sentiment was carried, you know, but especially the stuff about Josh saying, you know, this isn't who we are. The amount of people that reiterated what I said, you know, when I did my show and, and keep in mind when I, when I wrote the notes for my show, I didn't have the ability to like, listen and be safe to see what Joe Marino was going to say. Like I wrote my notes and I did my show live. So to hear other people like Sal say and Joe say and you say and everybody else say, no, Josh, this is kind of who you guys are. Like we've seen enough. Like this is this is who you are until you prove otherwise. Um, and just some of the other difficult. You know, it's it's tough, you know, too, dude, like it's hard to call guys out. I mean, we love these players. We love this football team. Um, just about everybody on this team, uh, that, 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 that wears a number and a Bill's Jersey. I love with all my heart. So it's hard like to say difficult things like this guy isn't good enough. And you had some strong comments last night that I was like driving to Tennessee and applauding. Like I'm like clapping my hands and, and, and saying, amen, as you're doing your monologue last night. So I guess same question for you. I mean, where are you at? I don't know that I'm, I don't know that I'm recovered and I don't know. I don't know that if we like come out and we like completely trounce the saints tomorrow who are a wounded dog walking that I'm going to feel better. Like if the bills beat the saints 50 to 14, I'm not gonna be like, that's it. We're back in it. Like the saints team is mm-hmm. crippled. Right. So, I mean, where are you at? Yeah. Well, you know what? You just said it. And I think I'm kind of like exactly where you, <laughs> where you are. Cause when you look at it, the teams that we lost to, are teams that we should never have lost to. You know, it's like you look at the Jacksonville Jaguars, like we should never. You know, then you're talking about, you know, this past weekend, like we should never, we should never. And not that the Colts are bad. I think I said that on my show too. The Colts are a good team. But to lose the way that we did and to make Jonathan Taylor look like a superhero and, you know, and then even you can go all the way back to week one, losing against the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's the the teams that we lost to that kind of has me – really upset or really feeling a little bit of discomfort, like looking forward on a season. I don't know. I don't know. I think, you know, I'm still confident that this is a playoff team. I know you, and let's, let's talk, you know, let's in, in, in the same comment here or the same conversation, you also had some, some comments really about specifics players. Like you just mentioned, it's tough sometimes saying things about players. Um, I had some strong things to say about Isaiah McKenzie. You had some strong things to say, not as strong as me, like not anything like that. But you, you kind of made mention that you don't feel like right now that Josh is an MVP MVP player. Uh, can you kind of elaborate on that for a minute? Like, what? Why are you looking at Josh saying like he's not he's not an MVP candidate right now? Candidate. Well, he's not. I mean, last you you we what did we see last year? You know, we saw last year a Josh Allen that was taking over football games, a Josh Allen that was. You know, the Bills, any any game that we were behind by less than a possession, the Bills came back from. The Bills haven't done that yet this year. Um, he's just there's just a lack of execution. There's a lack of I don't know what the word is. Whatever you, there's a lack of whatever that it factor was that we saw last year. And I know what people are going to say, man, this team is you know has been averaging thirty points a game. But you know, it to me, it's like Isaiah McKenzie's returns. It's kind of an aberration. I don't know that it's necessarily 
real. Uh, yeah, they've been averaging 30 points a game, but you look at who they're averaging 30 points a game against. You know, you need you need an MVP candidate when you're playing the Jacksonville Jaguars to come out even in a tough game, put the put the team on his shoulders and score enough points to beat that team. You need an MVP candidate to come out against a Colts team that's punching your defense in the mouth and out physicaling them at the line of scrimmage to the point that, you know, Jonathan Taylor scoring five touchdowns, you, an MVP candidate comes out and puts his team on his back and wills his team to win. That's what an MVP he's the most valuable player in the NFL. That's what MVP stands for. That's it's not most valuable player on your team. It's not the most valuable player in a game. It's not the most valuable player for a quarter. It's the most valuable player in the entire NFL. And you know, right now, from what I've what I've watched, and whether you what whether we want to call blame it on Brian Dable, not blame. Whether we want to whether it's a scheme issue, a coaching issue, whether it's an execution issue, even if it's to the point. I mean, I I just don't even know. I don't even know what we're watching, dude. Like, there's a great deal of like you know the cover. I I, I talked about it on my show, the cover two shell stuff. Which I don't know if you remember when JP Lossman used to stand at the podium and talk about that. Oh, they were in a cover two shell, can't do anything. It's like really we can't do anything. Like what does what does Pat Mahomes do against a cover two shell? What does Aaron Rodgers do against a cover two shell? What does Tom Brady do against a cover two shell? Why are we still calling deep routes and deep intermediate passes if they're playing a cover two shell? Like why don't we adjust? Why don't we move out of that? Why doesn't Allen say this isn't working? Give me plays that are going to work, right? Or I, I just for me. There's a big disconnect between the the three letters that, that are MVP and right now what we're seeing from Josh Allen. Now, there's time. There's time for him to pick that up, and there's time for him to return to an MVP, in my opinion, caliber candidate. It's going to start tomorrow, but that's just where I'm at on that. Yeah, and, and like you said earlier, I don't think we can come out and completely dismantle the Saints, and I still won't look at it like, okay, Josh is back in that MVP conversation, and I won't look at it like, okay, we're back in that Super Bowl contender right. top of the line. I, because to me, it's the Saints, and they're beat up. They're going to be without Alvin Kamara. You got uh, Jameis Winston out on IR for the rest of the year with the torn ACL. So I just – not that Jameis Winston by any means is, um, you know, Tom Brady, but at the same time, you know, it's not Trevor Simeon. So I, I really right. – I feel like the Saints are beat up. And so we're going to go in there and we get to beat up on an already beat up team. Uh, but as far as for me, the, the conversation about Isaiah McKenzie, uh, Cam Greasy actually is asking now if Mar Marquez Stevenson debuts in front of his home crowd in New Orleans. I don't know. Uh, I know McDiddy said everything is on the table. What do you think? I, will, I personally want to see this. I want to see this. I think uh, was it last night? It was last night. It was your guest, I think, that said, you know, how does Isaiah McKenzie Fumble that football the way that he did. He did, and I just want to say, I live in Hamburg. You know, I live in Hamburg. I live ten minutes from the stadium. So when it rains in Orchard Park, it rains at my house. There was no sleet. It was raining. It was fifty degrees. There was no sleet. The dude tripped, and the ball popped out. To to the dude from Buff on Wack, I can't remember his name. His point: How in the Josh. world on the very next kickoff is Isaiah McKenzie the one returning that that kickoff? Like. Like the the Buffalo Bills, like where is the consistency? The Buffalo Bills, Devin Singletary drops a would be decent catch for a decent game in the Chiefs game in the AFC Championship game, doesn't find the field. Zach Moss against the 49ers last year fumbles the ball in the goal line, doesn't come back on the field for like two quarters. Isaiah McKenzie trips over his own feet, gives him the ball back on the two yard line. They score a touchdown. 
Next kickoff return, he's right back in the game. When And you said it, I believe, Matt Breida was suited, who has experience returning kicks. Like, where's the consistency in, in that? I don't necessarily remember what your question was. I just don't understand. Yeah, I just don't. That, that, that's a big piece for me. That it's like, that There's a disconnect there for me, like, completely. Well, the question was, you know, because um, Cam oh, Breezy was, was asking if Marquez Stevenson was yes. going to debut in front of his home crowd, and I was saying I would like to see it. So I don't I know like how you feel it. about that. It sounds yes. like, yeah, it's gonna say it sounds like you would like to see it as well. See, my thing for me, and and you know, I've been on this all season, and it sounded like I was starting to just be a hater. And it's like a lot of times I find myself defending myself because I'm like, I'm not. I promise, I'm not hating on him. Like I really love Isaiah McKenzie. I think he's one of the funniest guys on the team. I think he's great for the community. I love the fact that he has a podcast and that it's live on location, so that way fans can come and sit and get to interact with him. I love that he's the most interesting man in sports and all of this stuff. Like I love everything about Isaiah McKenzie. The one thing about him that I do not love is his decision-making on special routine or on special teams. I've been saying this all season and people have been beating me up because it's like, Oh, well he averages the most yards for kick returns. And it's like, yeah, take away the 175 yard return against the Steelers and then look at the average. And he's literally bottom half of the league. You throw that one back in and yeah, he's, he's top 10. But you take that one out and literally he's, he drops to the bottom half of the league. And I understand that there's a couple of plays there where, where things were called back due to holding or due to mm-hmm. illegal block in the back or whatever. But the, the fact is, time and time again, we see him on punt returns, on kick returns, not making the correct decision. Now, whether that be take the direct cut, like last night on my show, I showed the actual, I showed the hole. Like, like what are we doing? What are we doing? Like, just go. And that's the thing. Like, I know, look, man, you look around the league at the guys who are good. The reason why they're good is because they make the decision before they even catch the ball. Like, when the ball is coming, yep, yep. they know exactly what they're going to do, and they know where they're going. And the thing is, they do it with conviction. And right now, Isaiah McKenzie's issue is not ability. Like, it is not <laughs> it is not athleticism. It's not speed. It's not, it's not um, you know, elusiveness. It's not any of those. He's good. Like Isaiah McKenzie can do, that's why they have him in that role. Because mm. if he made the right decision, he would be a dangerous tool and a dangerous weapon to have on your team. The problem is he's not making those decisions. Sorry, I'm not going to do this again because I did it last night. But yeah, <laughs> I, we, I would love to see. I would love to see it. Love to see it. But yeah, Jamie, like your Marcus. sister is there. She says hi. Tell her I said hey. Tell her I said hey. She's it. She's in the house. Like, so she's in the house and she's in the show. <laughs> yeah. There's a, uh, my, my mom has uh this, this Wi-Fi hotspot thing that doesn't have enough bandwidth. Uh, we're going to find out tomorrow night for the overreaction post game show. If I'm able to broadcast, but uh, there's no way for everybody to watch and me be on at the same time. So this is a, uh, this is we're, we're kind of tricking the system, gaming the system, but to the market, Marquez Stevenson piece. I mean, yes, uh, for all intents and purposes, I'd like to see what the kids got because he has that innate, I've got the decision made before I catch the ball that Andre Roberts has, that all the great returners have. Whereas, you know, I said it in the chat today with you and Bruce, uh, you know, that, you know, McKenzie very much doesn't know what he's going to do until he looks down, catches the ball, looks down. And that's a recipe for disaster when it comes to, you know, kick returns and putt returns. But it's not just him. You know, I said in my show on Sunday, you know, I've seen enough of Zach Moss behind this offensive line. And that's not a slight necessarily on Zach Moss as a person. I like Zach Moss. I think Zach Moss is probably or could be a great running back with 
Tough T, uh, a great running back if he had an offensive line in front of him. But Zach Moss is not the caliber of running back to make this offensive line better. And this offensive line is not good enough to make Zach Moss better. I've seen enough. I don't need to see him run into the back of his offensive lineman anymore. Like, and the Bills and the point that I made were, you know, they, they went all in on guys like Zach, like Isaiah, like Cody Ford, like Vernon Butler, and some other guys like that. And the reality is, is those guys are causing this team to lose football games. And it's a problem because you don't see that with other, other championship caliber teams. Other championship caliber teams scheme their offense and their defense around their players that maybe are a little, like, I don't know, less ideal is the word I would say for what they're trying to accomplish. And they protect the team from it. And the Bills don't seem to do that. What do we do when we've got Jonathan Taylor coming into town? We run a nickel 4-2 the entire game, and Vernon Butler gets the majority of the snaps. Matt Perino, Bills beat reporter for Syracuse NY Up, he's the one that came out and said that dude stole his paycheck Sunday. His effort was so bad, Vernon Butler, that he stole his paycheck on Sunday. So, I, and, and that's what the Bills do, like, for some reason. And then they get in the film room, and it's like, yeah, he knows we expect more. We expect more. We'll see how it goes. Well, how it goes is that dude should have been walked out of the building on Monday, right? I mean, isn't that the answer? You walk that guy out of the building on Monday, and you get somebody in here that will at least give you half of an effort because Vernon Butler did not. Even John Fina was upset with Vernon Butler's effort on Monday, and John never talks bad about players. Yeah. Yeah. And so then you talk about that. And obviously it's a big loss when you don't have Starla Tulele and uh, Tremaine Edmonds is out. And then obviously on the offensive side, Spencer Brown is out. So we're missing key pieces, you know, this past Sunday. So like, I understand we were shorthanded. It's the same thing that we're going to face tomorrow with the saints. The saints are going to be shorthanded. We were shorthanded, but listen, man, I don't, I don't care. I don't care what anybody says. That was not a performance that we should ever ever see out of a team that we're saying is our Super Bowl contenders. Shout out to my man Jason representing them San Francisco 49ers. If you do not follow him, please, please, please go follow him on Twitter. Hey, uh, Jason, put your put your handle in the chat for a second. Um, this guy is legit. I'm going to just tell you, all if you, if any of you are San Francisco 49er fans, please go check him out. He, he brings the content that's very similar to the stuff that you're watching now with me and Joe. And uh, while I'm doing this, let me shout out to my guy, John Spashek, the market dominator. He is that guy, whether you're in Tennessee like Joe, whether you're all the way out in the valley like your boy Jay Spencer King, or if you're in Western New York, you're in Buffalo or at Orchard Park and you're trying to buy a house that's next to the place where the new stadium is going to be, holler at my man John Spashak at 716-570-3298 because he will dominate the market for you. And uh, back to my guy Jason, he, he threw his at in there. Please go follow him. So let's move forward now, Joe. Let's talk about the game. Let's talk about the game. You, um, what what do you what do you expect tomorrow? I, I expect the Bills to come out, and I think the hard part about it is what's going to happen after. I think the Bills, you know, the Saints are limping into this football game, um, defensively and offensively. Um, I you know I, I full well expect the Buffalo Bills to win this game by how much? Who knows? Um, you know, clearly there's a blueprint to beat the Buffalo Bills. That blueprint is you know uh, playing a cover two shell against our offense. Uh, because we don't have a run game and the ability to run the football. And then on defense, just out physicaling us. Uh, so big boy in us. The, you know, you're talking about a situation where this football team is very easily beat in the trenches. I don't know that that's necessarily going to matter. So I think the Bills are going to, they should win this football game. This is a game they should win. 
especially with no Alvin Kamara, as you said, no Winston, no Douglas, some guys that are missing from that football team. You know, they have a, they don't have a wide receiver playing in this football game that any of us know the name of. Um, my concern is, is that after the game, it turns into in the presser, see there, we told you that's not who we were. And it's like, no, 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 you mm-hmm. just beat a team worse than the Jets. Like this, like we haven't proven anything yet. Like when you beat the Patriots on Monday night, we can have a conversation. Like I might start getting some of my hope back. And I think that's the hard part about all this is this isn't a situation where the, the season is lost. Like, I don't feel like the season is lost. I think there's just some serious like mirror time, like where people just need to look in the mirror and try to figure out what it is that they're trying to accomplish. And that includes the coaching staff because I hate to go back, but I mean, even for Leslie Frazier to come out and say, we never even considered coming out of the nickel four, two, like Jonathan Taylor's got four touchdowns on you and he's got 185 yards rushing and you're not even considering putting a third linebacker on the field. And I know, Oh, but they, they put eight guys in the box. They put, yeah, they put Taron Johnson in the box. They rolled Isaiah, uh, 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 Micah Hyde in the box. They, what's that? But wait, but Joe, but wait, I thought, I, I thought that, um, AJ Klein was like light years above Tremaine Edmonds. Why would we need another linebacker when AJ Klein, the defensive player of the week last year against the Chargers, was in the game? What do you mean? I, I so I'm not touching that one first. Um, I think that one. <laughs> I think that one solved itself. That one solved itself. But what I would say to that point about well, the Bills put eight and nine in the box, and oh by the way. If you're going to put eight or nine in the box, the guy that I want is Taron Johnson over Tyrell Dodson or somebody like that. Well, if that's true, then why do we have heavy packages? Why is there such a thing in the NFL as a heavy package? Like where like they need one yard, they bring in their heavy guys, we bring in our heavy guys to stop one yard. Why not put a whole bunch of freaking nickel corners in there that can tackle real well if size doesn't matter? So I, I wholly reject that concept that like, no, 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 we stack the box with corners. That's not stacking the box when a team is li- literally running over you. And pushing you so like there's no world where an offensive lineman gets to the second level, puts his arms on Taron Johnson. That I love Taron Johnson, that he's gonna make that tackle. It's just not gonna happen. So my fear for this football game is that they come out with some sort of like, you know, yeah, we did it. We're back, like we're back, baby. And it's like, no, no, no. This this game is uh they need to go about their business, they need to do their job this week, like tomorrow in this football game. They need to win by three possessions, in my opinion. And then put that game to bed and not even think about it, not even watch the film from it. Because that game, they're basically playing a college football team tomorrow, right? Well, yeah, for me, it's not – I can get why you're saying it has to be a three-possession game at least. For me, it's not the amount of points that they win by. It's the way they win. Like, I don't care, you know, like – yeah, and, and so obviously, in a way, I'm saying you need to blow them out. But the thing is, I need the game to feel dominating. Like, right. you know, we had a week – I think it was week two um, that we – when we beat Miami and we won the game 35 to nothing, like, you know, like we completely destroyed them, (laughs) but I didn't come out that game feeling like, how the offense is clicking. Like I I had certain questions that made me feel a little less confident about how dominant our offense was going to be for the rest of the season. I don't want it to feel like that. I wanted to feel like, you know, so even if their, their offense scores, which I doubt it, but, even if it's a high scoring game and they get us, I still want it to be like, okay, 
at least we could put together a full game where we're out there just dominating. I want to see Josh and Stefan Diggs go off. I don't know about yeah. like I saw some people saying like give him feed him the ball 20 times. That's too much for a wide receiver. I don't need 20 <laughs> touches for a wide receiver. But we need to get that get it back going. I want to see Cole Beasley in that slot again. And not just like three, four catches. I need to see you targeting Cole Beasley in the slot. He we've been boasting that we have the best or second best slot receiver in the league, but yet we're not even we're not utilizing him in that capacity. And then right. you're talking about the run game. I saw my man uh, Jason earlier in the comments just ask about Matt Breida. And, yeah, McDermott did say in his presser that, that Breida has earned touches. I need to see him being the guy getting the touches, not just, like, extra touches. He needs to get touches before Devin Singletary. He needs touches before Zach Moss. And I love both those guys. But they just aren't cutting it behind this offensive line. Do I think those guys could be good if we had better – offensive line play absolutely 100 we just lost joe so i'm gonna keep this thing going but even though even though we would have the, the backs that we have could perform better with a better offensive line of course i don't expect those guys to be the barry sanders of the world where it doesn't matter what type of line you have but i do expect two third round draft picks to perform a whole lot better than what we've seen it's just it just hasn't been that. And and it's so disappointing when after the rookie year of Devin Singletary, everybody got excited because it's like, yo, Devin's going to be that dude. Devin's going to be that dude. Then we draft Zach Moss in the third round that next year. And we still feel like we got something that's going special. And Zach Moss doesn't end up becoming the guy that we wanted him to become either. Something has to give. And if we're seeing a, a good spark for the first time in our run game because we put Matt Breida in, then damn it, Matt Breida needs to be the guy running the ball for the majority of the game. And I'm, I, I need to be able to have Josh Allen not be the leading rusher every damn week. Like I really need that to happen. Yeah. That's there's, there's a great deal of, uh, and it, I would encourage everybody to go back to watch the FINA show from Monday, you know, FINA, FINA raised a lot of questions. Uh, there were scheme questions and philosophical questions just about some things that he saw. And, you know, FINA's an expert. FINA's not, a guy that went to the scouting academy. He's not a guy that, you know, has studied a lot and but never really played. Like Fina knows what the hell's going on and what's supposed to be going on. Um, and he said, you know, he talked about just a couple of Zach's plays, you know, on a wide zone stretch. You know, the the running back's job is to run as fast as he can. You know, long stretch, a long stretch to the running back. He runs as fast as he can to the end line. And on a wide zone run, Zach Moss is kind of like not really, he's not giving it all the gas and he's kind of angling towards the left tackle or the right tackle, depending on which end he's running to. Like they're executing these plays completely wrong. Uh, there was one play, in fact, that uh, that Fina talked about. Uh, it was another Zach Moss run, not not picking on Zach, just talking, those were just the runs he picked, where they were showing strong side action, which means that, that Zach Moss is, is aimed for, you know, the strong side of the offensive line, but it was, it was, a, it was a cutback play. And Fina's like, Either Josh Allen did something wrong here and stretched him out too far to where Moss had to face that direction, or there's something wrong with the scheme because there's no way for him to cut back into that lane if he's facing the wrong direction. His and, and he actually went back to Jonathan Taylor runs where Jonathan Taylor's shoulders were parallel to the line of scrimmage, which allows him to pick a lane that he wants to go through. So I don't know what the hell is going on, like like we none of us do, but there's some serious issues, whether it's scheme whether it's coaching whether it's quarterback whether it's running back and at the end of the day Matt Breida because that's what we're talking about now you know has the most juice has the most opportunity to make something happen 
uh, to outrun a guy, right. To get around a corner, to bend a guy like he's like, he provides the most opportunity, you know, next to probably Singletary. Singletary would probably be next because he's got that dead leg, that drop leg that he puts where he puts that leg down and he like completely takes a 90 degree turn and goes the opposite direction and always makes that first guy miss. Zach, love you. He's just not those guys. He's a downhill runner. Like that's what he is. And this offense isn't schemed for him to run downhill. He runs right downhill into the back of Mitch Morse, into the back of the guard, into the back of whoever's in front of him. It's just not, it's just not working. Well, the thing that's not working for me when it comes to this run game that we're talking about is the oh, fact that on. this coaching staff and what well, we can hear you say, come on. OK, Joe's <laughs> just Joe's a little upset there. But uh, the thing that's not working for me is the fact that this coaching staff and this front office, um, we drafted we drafted these running backs. And, and what I'm saying with that is it's not it's not again, it's not that I'm saying that I don't believe in the running backs that we have. Um, I believe in both the running backs that we have. But when you. When you have the team that you have, you have to draft for the roster you have. So, you know, we knew that we had offensive line issues last year. That's why we drafted two offensive linemen. Now, one we allowed to get away. We kept Spencer Brown, who's turning out to be probably the most valuable player on our offensive line when he's healthy. Um, But we knew we still needed help on the offensive line. Why are you drafting guys who don't have that – you know, that burning speed. Why are you drafting guys who aren't special from behind the line? And by special, I mean, there's a clear difference between LaShawn McCoy in Buffalo and Devin Singletary in Buffalo. Devin Single's special. He's in the NFL. He's a third round draft pick. He was great in college. He's a special guy. He's not LaShawn McCoy special. He's not Marshawn Lynch special. He's not, he's not even, he's not even uh, Freddie Jackson special. Freddie was special. So what I'm saying is we've been spoiled with these special running backs. I need us to have a special guy if this is the line we're going to have. If it's not, if we're going to improve this line, by all means, keep them, let these guys continue to develop and and run better behind the line. But right now, this isn't working. So what are your expectations for the ball game? Yeah, can you hear me now? Yeah, I got you. I got you. So my expectations, um, to be honest, I, I expect it to be exactly what it was, you know, after the Jaguars game. You know, you come out that next week and it's like, OK, now, granted, it was the Jets, you know, but to me, that's how I'm looking at the Saints. To, you know, tomorrow, the Saints are um, the same. They're not good. They're beat up. They they're missing their starting quarterback. They're missing the a top three running back in the league. If you know, depending on who you talk to and how you talk, uh, some might say D- Dalvin Cook and whoever. But it, look, Alvin Kamara is one of the most dangerous weapons. Mm. Whether you want to call him a running back, a wide receiver, he's a football player, and the guy's dangerous. They're without him. They are without him. Uh, Ingram is is questionable. So even if he plays, he's a little beat up. I expect the Buffalo Bills to come out and do exactly what just they're supposed to dominate. Right. My concern is what about next week? And what about the week after that? And what about like, I need to see us stack these games last year when we lost against the, uh, the Arizona Cardinals, we stacked eight games in a row and then we stacked the playoffs and then we got it to the AFC championship game. I need us to get back to the point where we have tunnel vision to the goal. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's the fact that we were filling ourselves too much from all the hype over the year uh, because last year we were so dynamic. I don't know if it's because Josh still looks good. 
even with him throwing these interceptions and even with um, us having these games, if you if you take Josh's numbers out of it and you look at him as a performer, you're, I guarantee you teams around the league right now are saying, please, I guarantee you Cleveland is saying, give me the performance of Josh Allen over Baker. I guarantee it because Baker is throwing like 59% this season. Trash, but we're not going to talk about Baker. <laughs> You know, so what I'm saying is we got to stop turning the ball. Last week I said it and I got yelled at. I need to start seeing Josh stop turning the ball over. Oh, he only turns it over. So he's throwing an interception basically a game. He's short by, I think, two interceptions from an interception a game. Mm. That's too much when you're talking about somebody you anticipated being an MVP. It's too much. It's too much. No, for sure. They, uh, I just don't. I just don't know where the rub is because there's a way to pull those safeties down. There's a way for them to get out of that cover two shell, and it's a lot, with a lot of those crosser pat- patterns, a lot of Cole Beasley underneath, and it seems like where they've defaulted to is Josh turning his shoulders and hitting somebody in the flat, uh, and and that's not working. That's not pulling those safeties down, uh, and the Bills are not good at it. They don't. They don't scheme it well. They don't block it well. Um, they have the passing plays. You're talking. About, we've got a quarterback that can make every throw on the field. And they just won't break out of whatever it is that they're trying, the mentality that they want to go deep. They just want to throw the ball deep. How? What do we got to do to throw the ball deep versus getting that defense out of the coverage that they're in uh, so that you can then begin to exploit, right? Beat them in the cover two, which teams can. That's why every defense doesn't just play the cover two because you can beat the cover two. I just don't know why they're not scheming them to do. I, that's what I want to see tomorrow because th- that's exactly what the Saints are going to do because that's how you beat the Bills. You play cover two right now. I want to see the Bills break them out of it. I want to see, I want to see the bills scheme a game plan. I want to see Brian Dable, you know, scheme Josh Allen to beat right. That, that, that defense the way that they need to. So we'll see. Uh, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I, I'm going into the, I'm going to this game very cautious. Um, I've lost my sense of belief, if you will. And like, you know, that we're a Super Bowl team, that we're a Super Bowl caliber team right now. Um, they, they've got a lot to prove to me, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you this, and then we'll um, we'll, we'll we'll switch gears after this question. But uh, let, let's get your in, in in the comments. Let's let's get some predictions. Let's get a, um, a Josh Allen uh, stat line and a score for the game. And uh, so so give me everything you got in the comments. And Joe, so let's start off with your uh, prediction for the game. What do you think the score is going to be? And then give me a Josh Allen stat line. Score. I mean, if I if I've got to pick a score, it's probably going to be probably in that twenty eight to to seven, twenty eight to nine range. I think the Bills will win this game. I think Josh Allen is going to have probably 275 yards passing. I think this is another one of those games where they're probably going to try to run the ball. Like they're going to do what they can to establish the run. And they're going to come out of this game just like Deion Dawkins said. Well, we're running the ball a little bit better as if that's some sort of an identity. That we're running the ball a little bit better versus trying to discover who you are. And that's what this team is missing. And I don't know if it's – I don't know where this conservatism is coming from. I don't know if it's Dable – I don't know if it's just natural, organic growth of an offense. I don't know if it's McDermott. I don't know where it's coming from, but I'm, I'm probably in that, like I said, 28 to 10, 28 to 9, 28 to 7, 24 to 7, and probably 275 for Josh, probably a touchdown and a rushing. So one through the air and one, and one, one rushing, one passing is probably where I'm at. Man, I am... Um... I think I'm with you. I think I'm with you. Earlier when, when you and I were talking about it, I said I'm going Bills 38 to 17. Mm-hmm. And the reasoning behind that is I just I can't believe that the team was a mirage from last season. 
You know, like I just can't believe it because because last year um, the, the addition of Stefan Diggs with everything that we had and the defense wasn't even playing good. Like the defense wasn't that right. good. And yet we did what we did. And this year the defense is playing lights out. And I just I can't believe that this team. I just I can't believe it. Go ahead. Question. Do you think it last year versus this year philosophically has something to do with last year? That offense had to press the gas and had to stay on the gas because the defense was bad. This year, offensively, we don't need to score 28 points a game. If we can just be conservative and safe, score 21, the defense will do its job. Do you think that that plays into it at all? If it does, I'm going to I'm very disappointed because these guys are professionals. Doesn't it seem and that for way me, Doesn't it seem I like mean, that's it what's does. going on? It does. It it does seem that way. But if like I said, if so, I'm super disappointed because if if you have the ability to go out there and and run the score up every week, if you have the ability to go out there and score 38 points on offense every week, then damn it, go and score 38 points every week and let your defense hold teams to 14 points. Right. And you're going to win every game. Every and game. you're going to win the Super Bowl. If you go into the if you if you end the season with the best offense and the best defense and you don't do stupid shit on special t- I'm sorry. I sh- I can't say that. You don't do stupid <laughs> stuff on special teams. You typically win the Super Bowl. That's what happens when you have two top 10 units and a very right. good third unit. You win the Super Bowl. We got to we ah, Joe. <laughs> I don't know, man. But yo, let's pivot. You're you're in Tennessee with the fam. It's it's uh it's Thanksgiving. Uh I'm going to ask you one, something that, that, that you're super thankful for, and then two, what you're most excited about eating tomorrow. So what am I super thankful for? Well, if I'm going to be uh, a little bit, uh, what's the word, uh, sappy, Jay Spence, I am very thankful for you. Um, I'm going to keep this relevant to what we're doing. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for this community. Yeah, he's wearing a shirt. Uh, I'm thankful for the community that you and I get to be a part of. I'm thankful for the mafia, um, the acceptance and the love that you and I get um, from the mafia, from the listeners, from the people that interact with us. Um, you know, this has been a, the last three, four years for those that know me personally know that this has been a very, very difficult season of life for me the last four years. Uh, so my distraction uh, from the difficulty of life, you know, is this hobby and the acceptance and the love and the embracing of you and I, for lack of a better term, that are just a couple of hacks that get to, you know that do this for for almost free, um, for people to embrace us the way that we ha- that they have, like to me is uh is is something I'll always be grateful for. Like to be for the first time in my life in forty eight years, I've told you this before. I feel like I'm a part of the mafia, right? I know that sounds strange, but when you live in Ohio for thirteen years and it's just it's just different. I feel like I'm a part of the movement. I feel like I'm a part of something. I'm super, super thankful for that. As far as eating goes, uh, thankful, for Bruce, thankful for Bruce too, by the way, and Rumblings. But uh, as far as eating, so I'm going to go against the grain because all y'all are doing it wrong. I'm excited for the turkey because we tur- cook the turkey right. Like our turkey is tasty. It's juicy. It's fantastic. If you cook turkey right, it's the best thing on the plate. If you cook it wrong, you cover it in gravy, throw your mashed potatoes on top of it, throw some corn in there and try to eat it one bite at a time because you don't want it. If you're cooking it right, there's a mountain of turkey on your plate and then everything goes around it. So, yeah, I'm excited about the turkey. 
Do you deep fry your turkey or what, when you say deep, you make it right, how do you d- make it? Deep fry, smoke. Tomorrow tomorrow we're smoking too. So yeah, deep okay. fry, smoke, yep. All right. Yeah, no. I mean, I'm I'm a turkey guy, but I'm I'm a you know, whether really whether it's turkey, whether it's chicken, whatever it is, I like dark meat. You know, I like yeah, the legs yep. and the thighs. So so for me that's the juiciest part of the you know, the bird anyway. So for me that's where I'm at with it, but um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback off your sentiment and 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 say the same thing. I'm grateful for the community that we're in. I'm, I'm grateful for um you know all the good and the bad stuff that happened mm. over the last what year and a half two years. I feel like we learned a lot. We made some good friends. We um we've built some relationship with some people. I got some some good mentors now that's helping me kind of navigate this space and just people that I never thought I would be able to just have access to. And I'm right. getting, you know, text messages in the morning, like, yo, Spence, I watched your show. It was really good. Like, wait, you know, like, like Mike Rob still checks on me. It, like, it's yep. weird to me that yep. like he's become somebody I can call, you know, a mentor or a friend. And it's, it's Crazy. insane. So, um, and then, and then even just the way we met, the, the, the way the whole thing happened, it's kind of like, you know, we met on Twitter. I, I ended up coming by your church just on a, on Easter and and it was uh you know it, it, just the way everything played out man it's it's been a cool thing and i'm grateful for you and i'm grateful for for just everything that we're going to do man so uh for me i'm excited for for some apple pie tomorrow i know i've been talking a lot about sweet potato pie but i'm excited about the apple pie apple pie is everything for me yeah my my wife makes a banging sweet potato casserole as well so uh and bruce nolan doesn't like sweet sweet potato casserole so I'm gonna say it again. Whoever's cooking sweet potato casserole in Bruce Nolan's life is cooking it wrong. <laughs> Can I <sweet> just? <laughs> I already got beat up last Saturday on the chop up because me and Sterling were talking about like you know dressing versus stuffing and all this stuff. Mm. Can I just say I don't understand how people don't view sweet potato pie better than pumpkin pie? Will I get beat up for saying that? I I don't know. I mean, I, I I'm talking about sweet potato casserole, which is different than sweet potato pie. But I would agree with you. Right. I mean, like pumpkin pie has a place, but sweet potato pie is just different for sure. Like it's just yeah, yeah next level. And, and sweet potato casserole. So like it, I, I'm with that because it, tell me if I'm wrong. I feel like the casserole typically you have like pecans and some marshmallows. Talk and, about it. And all types of stuff. Brown okay, sugar, so, brown sugar glaze. Yeah, Talk so about I, yeah. It. I'm with you. I'm with you there. Okay. So we together on a sweet potato casserole. I'm not mad. <laughs> I'm not mad at all. I'm actually, talk about it. Yeah, we might we might need to next time we come to Buffalo, we might need to talk to Beth about uh <laughs> But hey, let's uh let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. Listen, oh, did I miss the super chat? I feel like um we have yeah. a super chat. Nice. Yeah, What's Brian, up, Brian said he's thankful for both. And everybody else in the chat, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. And, um, you know, we, we got some everything in here. Everybody's saying what they're grateful for. Um, even though that the year is disappointing, we have an awesome core team for a long time and many fantastic content creators that will all work out no matter what. Um, let's see. Jamie's here for the mashed potatoes, man. Jamie's <laughs> ready for the mashed potatoes. <laughs> she, she, that girl has loved potatoes since the day she was born. I, on the other hand, have hated potatoes since the day I was born. So. <laughs> Potatoes are my weakness. They're 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 the thorn in my side. Like uh, seriously, uh, Cam Greasy says, "Love you guys for bringing the content and chat for keeping the conversation going." Happy Thanksgiving, all. Um, you know, I'm thankful for Richard Rush and yeah, uh, the real Chris Janky and just everybody who contributes to this stuff on a weekly basis. That that uh, Brian Bowers. I'm, I know I miss somebody if I keep trying to do names and stuff. Yeah, Jessica like that. Tennis, Don Keith, Pam Madonna. There's so many of them. Yeah, that are just yeah, that are just um, big big staples. So yeah, TSL. So, T.S.L., yep. my homegirl B, yep, Sterling, yep. 
you know, you said Bruce already, but Matt and Anthony and all the people yep. at Buffalo. Like, I'm gonna miss somebody. I feel like I feel like this is why people don't say names at like award shows and stuff because it's like you, you're always <laughs> gonna mom, have that one person. Like, what about me? Thankful for my mom who's in the comment section every every Wednesday. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta get my grandmother and my mom on here, man. Like they, they, my grandmother watches, but she watches after. Like she'll go back because she always has me send her the YouTube link afterwards. So I gotta, right, right. I'm gonna start sending her the. the like the reminder link and, and hopefully she can, <laughs> she can get, I'm a teacher. I to get on comments and stuff too, but That's Hey, awesome. you got anything you want to say before we get out of here? No, man, just thankful for, uh, again, thankful for you and just, uh, excited for Thanksgiving. Uh, definitely one of my favorite holidays, probably, probably my favorite holiday, even more so than Christmas. Um, just the food family, the time together, stuff like that. So just, uh, yeah, everybody, everybody's got something to be thankful for. Even if you don't think you do look around, take a minute, pause, and just think about stuff in your life that you got, you know, that you have to be thankful for, even if it's living in this country. You know, we don't realize how blessed we are living in this country, uh, even at its worst, even at the worst of times when it's more divided than it's ever been, which it is right now. You know, thank God we still are living in the United States of America and we're all American citizens. Like it's uh, it's incredible to, be able to, to just be here. So, yeah, nope, nope. Excited for the game tomorrow and uh, catch me. Catch me after the game. Hopefully the technology works and uh, we'll do the overreaction post game show uh, following that football game. Uh, I know you got a lot of options. Everybody's got a lot of options, a lot of good post game stuff out there, but I'll be, I'll be right there trucking alongside of them tomorrow. So I'll be, we'll, we'll, we'll be all fighting for the same space tomorrow, fighting for attention. So are we doing a pregame? I, I didn't hear anything about a pregame. I'm not doing a pregame. I said postgame. Did I say pregame? No, I know you said, but I'm, yeah. no, I know you said pregame. But I know at normally when there's like a special night or a, a prime time night, we we typically kind of go before. Rumbling I'll, uh, I'll, I'll communicate. Yeah. yeah, well, I'll find that out, everybody, and I'll communicate it on a timeline on Twitter. So if you're not following me or or Joe, please do so that way you can get whatever updates are coming. We'll we'll let you guys know or ladies know if we're gonna do a, a pregame show. Um, the only thing I want to say before we get out of here is, look, tomorrow is a day of Thanksgiving. It's, it's also a day of sorrow for people who have lost loved ones yes. over the last year and a half, um, maybe a little bit over a year and a half now. A ton of people has, have lost family members to COVID and other things, you know, and, and people people lose loved ones all the time. For some people, this is the first year without their mom. It's the first year without mm. their dad. Think about family members or friends who might kind of stay to themselves reach out to somebody tell them you love them tell them you're thankful for them and uh and y'all know how i end off pretty much every doggone show that i do take care of each other love each other and live in peace test negative go bill to do's less time and an infinite number of tools to keep track of sometimes doing business has never felt harder but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals you can just use hubspot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier imagine this high quality leads fast closing deals wildly happy customers and more benchmark breaking quarters it's not a miracle it's hubspot visit hubspot.com to get started today The Current Podcast is back with an exciting new season featuring marketing executives from the world's most influential brands. 
Tune in to hear what's driving conversation in the fast-moving world of digital advertising with unique insights from brands as diverse as Hilton, Instacart, Moderna, Major League Soccer, and more. And in this presidential election season, The Current explores what a national political advertiser like the National Republican Senatorial Committee and a major CPG brand like Hershey can learn from each other. Listen in and subscribe to The Current at thecurrent.com or wherever you get your podcasts.